Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 Southeast Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. So this is the perfect Sunday, isn't it, to be looking ahead, the perfect Sunday for us to be considering um, what's to come. We know as believers in Jesus, we always are really living one day at a time. We know that, but we get this opportunity, don't we, uh, to look ahead to the coming year. And so I want to ask you a question today. What will make the biggest difference for you in the year 2024? What will make the biggest difference for you? Uh, we're, we're at the end of, and maybe, maybe like, like me, sometimes you just take a new year for granted. You're like, I'm going to go to bed tonight and wake up and have a new year. I'll figure out what year to write. I'll write the wrong year for a month or so, and then I'll figure it out. And you don't really think too much about it, but, but just bear with me for a minute. Think about this year that's to come. Think about what it represents and think about what will make the biggest difference for you. Will it be new goals that you set, a new outlook? Maybe some new friends. You need some new friends. Uh, a renewed discipline or focus. Maybe this is the year. This is the year you're going to be disciplined, right? This is the year that you're going to be focused. Maybe this is the year you're going to take risks or travel more or exercise more. Don't look at me like that, okay? All right? Yeah, what about a new job? What about spending more? No, no, spending less. Saving more, right? That's what we want. Saving more. What, what will be the thing that makes the biggest difference for you in this coming year. Uh, if there's one thing, what would that be? I love, I love how kids approach this topic of New Year's resolutions and how they might answer this question. Take a look at this. It's one you make a promise to yourself that you'll do better at something. I told her that a New Year's resolution to be being nice. spend uh, our precious time this morning talking about goals and resolutions. Rest assured, I'm not. I'm, I'm not really the expert on that thing anyway. But I do want to share with you one right answer, I believe, to that question. 
what will make the biggest difference for you in the year 2024? And I, I hope you've got some goals or resolutions. If you're into that, I hope you do that. Please do that. But, but I want to share uh, one right answer. Today we're really transitioning. We've been in the Advent season celebrating the arrival of Jesus, the arrival of presence, God with us. And today I want to look towards this new year and consider a powerful truth from God's word. Uh, and it came to me, the Lord revealed it to me in maybe the most unusual place the Costco parking lot. Now, for some of you, that may seem like the most unspiritual place in the world, the Costco. You're just trying to survive, you know. Literally, the other day I was there, I'm at Costco a lot. I'm parked, and I'm getting ready to leave, and I see two people about to back into or run into each other, and I'm laying on my horn so they don't hit each other. It's just not a very spiritual place at times, right? But, but isn't it funny how God speaks? And I promise you, maybe the inspiration for today's message Maybe a little bit weird or different, but that's, that's where it happened in the Costco parking lot. It was several weeks ago on a really cold day, and I was doing some shopping at Costco then. I'm, I'm there a lot. We have a big family, and I kind of like Costco. Anyway, cheap pizza. But I was crossing the parking lot, uh, and I had my stuff in my car, and I was, again, trying to survive, get out in one piece. And it was pretty cold that day. Uh, and, and I don't mind the cold, actually. As long I, I like to run. Some of you know that. I'm not great at running, but I like to run. As long as it's like 28 to 30 degrees, I'm good. I can put my gear on and go. I'm fine. But when it's cold and windy, I hate it. I hate it. It's miserable. It's freezing. I mean, I can stand, even if, you know, if I'm not running, but if I'm outside and I'm bundled up and it's 20s, I'm fine, but it's the wind, right? It's the wind when it starts kicking in. And this particular day, I remember it being cold when I came into the store, but as I'm leaving, the wind just started to whip through the parking lot. And under my breath, I was starting to yell and scream a little bit. I was, uh, started running to get to my people. I thought, what is this man doing running through the parking lot with a shopping cart? Listen, we, we tend to forget the power of the wind until it's cutting through us or bearing down on our house or blowing over the basketball hoop in the driveway. We did that once. Our rim was bent the wrong way for months, right? I hate that. But in this moment, again, in the middle of the Costco parking lot, I was struck by the biblical significance of wind. There's significance all throughout the Bible, all throughout God's story. You can read the story of Elijah and there's wind. You can read all throughout God's word, wind is significant, but specifically... When we get to the New Testament, wind is often, often equates wind with the Spirit of God. This idea of wind in the New Testament is often equated with the Spirit of God. And in case you don't believe me, consider the word on the screen behind me is the Greek word in the New Testament, pneuma. Pneuma, that's the, no idea how you get that, right? Pneuma, that's how it's pronounced. And a word throughout the New Testament is translated spirit. It's used many, many, many times throughout the New Testament. And you know this. Actually, you've read this word. You're familiar with it. The story that we just read through the Christmas story in Luke 1 where uh, the angel is speaking to Mary. And the angel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. It's that word, pneuma, <laughs> Joseph, same thing, right? Joseph in Matthew 1, the angel declares what's conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. It's that word again, pneuma, pneuma. All throughout the New Testament, yes, the book of Acts, we think about that a lot when we think about the Holy Spirit, right? But this is the word. 
This is the word that represents the spirit, the spirit of God. But what you may not know is that word, that Greek word that we most often use uh, interpreted spirit is also the word in the New Testament for wind. It's the same word. In fact, in fact, uh, the word pneumonia, which is a little bit sensitive for some of us. We know some people have been dealing with that, right? That word pneumonia, it's the same root word because that prefix is associated with breath, lungs, air. That word pneuma represents spirit throughout the New Testament, but it also represents this idea of wind. You don't need to look any further than John chapter 3, verse 8. This is really our text for this morning. We're going to read in and around it, but it's Jesus in John 3, and you hear John 3, and you think John 3, 16. I love John 3, 16. I'm a fan, but look at John 3, verse 8. Out of the mouth of Jesus, these two words, the same word in Greek are used. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, the wind, I have it italicized there on the screen because that's the word, pneuma, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. Next slide. So it is with everyone born of the same word, spirit. Jesus is using this, this same root word out of the mouth of Jesus. Two words that we often translate differently but as he speaks them, they're nearly identical. This wind, and yes, the spirit. Today, I want you to consider what would happen in your life. What could happen in your life if you asked the Holy Spirit of God to blow through you in a fresh way? I really appreciate the band leading us this morning in worship, and you, you probably noticed a theme pretty quickly there, but as the wind was blowing through me that day at Costco, and I was tempted to curse the wind, right? I, I was reminded very quickly of that visual of the Spirit of God blowing through us in a fresh way. Listen, as Jesus speaks these words that we're going to look at in John chapter 3, He's speaking them intentionally and specifically to a specific man searching for answers. A man who's lost in religion, but he's hungry for something more. It might be the most secretive conversation in the New Testament because it happens really in the middle of the night. He was a religious leader, and he had a prestigious place in the Sanhedrin, so he comes to Jesus at night in secret where his colleagues won't notice that he's speaking to Jesus. And here he comes in the middle of the night hoping to find some answers. His name was Nicodemus. Take a look at this. The Eastern Sons. Hmm. Many wandering preachers have succeeded in gathering crowds. But they have ever and fiery tongue. I've heard a few of them over the years myself. Some of the time. But I am the man of an paramedic to tell and walk. Much less it actually happened. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not 
acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. Now is that you going over in the synagogue? see the spirit but you can recognize his effect jesus is teaching nicodemus the power of a fresh wind a new wind the power of the spirit of god moving in his life it's no wonder this puzzled nicodemus a bit because honestly jesus is describing something that puzzles a lot of us today right <laughs> many believers don't pay much attention to the Holy Spirit. Maybe when we read the book of Acts, but other than that, we don't pay much mind to it. But according to Jesus, and we're going to read these words again, the only way to truly be a part of his kingdom is through this third person of the Trinity. We call him the Holy Spirit. Look, look with me again. We're in chapter 3 of John. Look at just verses 5, 6, and 7. This will be our text today. Jesus says this. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you again, he's speaking to Nicodemus, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. 
You should not be surprised by me saying you must be born again. Jesus is calling us to a radical rebirth through the Spirit. It's the only way to experience this life that he has for us. Church, I wonder how many of us consider the work of God's Spirit in our lives. Do we believe it matters? Do we think it's essential? According to Jesus, it is, but do we treat it that way? Or is it kind of like a a bonus, an add-on for those that are most spiritual? When Paul speaks of living in step with the Spirit, as we read in Galatians 5, does that describe your life today? Or are you kind of living according to your wisdom and your discernment, not according to the Spirit? There are several roles that we read about, and again, we don't have time in one morning to do a complete study on the Holy Spirit. That could take all of 2024, quite honestly. But if you consider just a couple of the roles that the Holy Spirit has in our lives, right? Uh, This is the Spirit's presence with us, God's presence with us. We just talked about God with us, and so we can't underestimate the power of the Spirit. It's God's presence with us. It's one of the reasons Jesus departed, so that his Spirit could be present with us, right? We know the Spirit, if we read throughout the Scriptures, the Spirit is our comforter, our helper, our advocate. We know that the Spirit is our teacher, our guide, teaching, guiding believers to understand, live out the teachings of Jesus. We know that the Spirit convicts us of sin and leads us to repentance, purifying, cleansing, sanctifying us. All of those things are true, but today I want to talk about one specific thing that the Holy Spirit does for us. We can't overlook all of these other things, but the one specific role of the Holy Spirit I want us to consider today is that the Spirit is how God imparts power into your life right now. The Spirit is God's power in your life today. And when I'm talking about power, I'm talking about power. Uh, If I was to try to show us a visual of this, uh, the first picture on the screen are most days what my power feels like. That's a rusty, broken down lawnmower, right? Stuck in the weeds. That, That feels like what my power is on most days compared to, next picture, God's power. This is the largest engine in the world, the most powerful engine in the world. It's 109,000 horsepower. If you want to compare that to my Chrysler minivan, I think it tops out at about 280, and we probably lost a couple horsepower over the weekend. So 109,000 to my 280 in my minivan. This is, this kind of represents the power of God available to us. But we often, I'm often like that rusty old lawnmower, put, putting along. When I have the power of God available to me. See, the Spirit gives believers power. Power to do what? Power to live the life God calls us to. Power to, to use our gifts, to sacrifice, to serve others. It takes power to do that. Power that is far beyond what we can do in our own strength. I don't have to enter into this new year thinking about what I can do because I have access to the power of God available to me, right? Quite simply, I think too many of us 
too many believers are relying on our own power, our own strength. We're thinking about a new year and thinking about if I really get my act together and I'm really disciplined and I really, I believe in all that. I'm good with that. But, but our view is largely short-sighted because it's just about us and our power and our strength. When through the Spirit of God, we've been given access to unlimited power. As Jesus was preparing to leave, he promised power. The implication is that he knew we would need power that's greater than our own. Think about that. Jesus knew for us to do the things that he called us to do, for us to be the people that he's called us to be, we would need power that's bigger and better than what we had. So, so you, you know, right, in the book of Acts, the promise was this. You read it on the screen. Jesus said, you will receive power, what? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all throughout the world, right? Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And that's what happened. If you read the story of God and you read about the church being born, it was born through the power of God being unleashed on ordinary men and women who just had the audacity to believe that his power was greater than their own. That's the reason we're here today. Because of God's power at work in ordinary people. Change the world change the world. I believe living according to the Spirit and His power can radically transform us as we journey into the new year. On the screen is, is the truth I want you to know today. Um, whatever power you may need in your life today, and I don't know what that is. I know that all of us are lacking power somewhere because we're, we're just people. We're, we're, we don't have all the strength. We don't have all the answers. We don't have all the wisdom. We don't have all the discernment. We don't have all the joy. We don't have all the discipline. We lack, don't we? But today, wherever you lack power, I just want, I want, I want to invite you, I want to challenge you to allow his spirit to be the power that you need. Well, whatever that looks like today in your life, wherever you need a fresh wind, a new wind to blow through your life today as you enter this new year, I want to challenge you to allow his spirit to be that for you. We began today with this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus and this invitation to be born of the spirit, to be totally transformed through his power at work in us, right? And I, I want to close there. I want to consider that image, that same conversation, because I believe it helps us understand what it really means to live by the Spirit's power. Let's take a look again. So I have to one job. I did not come to deliver the people from God, but from what? From sin, from spiritual death. God loves the world in this way, that he gave his only son whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with world.
siento las moses y suelta con vapor. Whoever well, believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned. Have you ever heard anything like this before? Never. Never.
like Nicodemus, we come. We come to Jesus, maybe with questions or with doubts. Certainly, we come with needs today. And just as Nicodemus realizes in that clip that he's standing on holy ground today, that's true for us. The presence of God is here with us, available to us. Think of how easily we take that for granted. Think about the generations and generations of believers, faithful believers, who didn't have access to the power of God like we do in our everyday lives. How easy it is for us to just move on, get busy, do our thing. But today, I want to suggest to you that we are on holy ground, that his power is available to us, a fresh wind to blow through your soul in a new way. I I don't know what you need. Maybe it's healing. I don't know what you need. Maybe it's hope. I don't know what you need. It's power, power beyond what you can do. But today, I want to invite you to to stand, to believe with me that a fresh wind, a new wind is available. For me, personally, one of the greatest examples of this in my life is asking the Holy Spirit to renew my faith. That may seem like a ridiculous thing for a pastor to admit, but it's true. I've shared often that prayer of the one that comes to Jesus, the man, and he says, I believe, help my unbelief. And, And man, so many times that describes my spiritual journey. Of God, I believe, but there's these doubts or these places in my life where I struggle to believe that you're, I struggle to believe every promise. I struggle to believe that you're going to come through for me. And so today, my prayer is, oh, Holy Spirit, let your new wind blow through the caverns of my soul. Renew my faith. Give me the power to believe that you are who you say you are. To believe that I'm standing on holy ground in your presence. So today, will you have the courage to pray that prayer over your life? Whatever that means for you. Wherever you need that power and strength. I believe it could be the single greatest difference in your 2024. I don't know what's ahead. None of us do, right? We don't know. But I believe his spirit blowing through in a new way can be everything that you need. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads this morning. I'm going to invite you to consider today that you are, you are on holy ground. We are on holy ground. The presence of the living God is here and available to us because of Jesus, because of what he's done. And today, um, I want to invite, I want to invite you uh, to join me in that prayer. A simple prayer, but it's powerful. A prayer that just says, Lord, I want a fresh wind. I want a fresh wind of your presence. I want the new wind of your power to blow through me. I'm grateful for the past. I'm grateful for the things that you've done, Lord, but I can't rely on that. I need something new. 
And if that's you today, uh, we're, we're gonna sing in just a minute. But before we do that, we're gonna pray. And if you would like to join me in that prayer, I just wanna invite you to stand to your feet. You, you don't need to come forward. No one's gonna put a spotlight on you, but I just want you to pray with me. And so I wanna invite you to stand with me today on holy ground here at this intersection, at this crossroads of a new year. Will you invite his presence to blow through your life in a new way? I don't know what that means for you. I don't know what you need. I don't know where you're lacking power today, but you do. If you want to join me in this prayer, would you just stand now as we pray? God, I pray for my brothers and sisters, my church family here. Some I know well, some I may not know. I don't have to know their story. But today, we, we come before you on holy ground. Your presence is here. In your presence, there's power, God. There's power that we lack. There's one thing that we all have in common here today. It's that we, we can't do it in our strength. We're weak. We lack the power. We lack the strength. If we have to go through another year trying to do that, God, it's hopeless. It's hopeless. Give us a fresh wind of your presence. Just, just as you promised your spirit, you promised that your power is available to us right now in the name of Jesus. We ask for it. We ask for it to fill us to overflowing. We ask it to give us the power that we need in our relationships, in our circumstances, in our finances, in our health, in all of the things that we bring today, Lord, to this new year that may seem uncertain. Instead, we invite a new wind to blow through us. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us up. We want more of you. And God, we believe you desire to give us more of you. Church family, we're going to stand now and we're going to spend time worshiping, thanking him for his presence, acknowledging that he's here with us. Let's worship together. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.